Hey guys, thanks for tuning in to the Friday Reporter Podcast. It's a podcast where me, Lisa, the host, interviews journalists and the journalism adjacent about their work. The Friday Reporter Podcast is in partnership with PR Daily. And if you don't know about PR Daily, it is a tremendous uh, resource for communicators like myself and you and and the folks you work with. Uh, PR Daily actually just launched what's called the PR Daily Leadership Network. It's a peer-to-peer brainstorming and networking opportunity for mid-level communicators, uh, access to uh, measurement of SEO, uh, business fluency, presentation training, lots of other opportunities there at prdaily.com. If you're interested in the PR Daily Leadership Network, be sure to mention that you heard about it on the Friday Reporter Podcast to receive $500 off of your membership. Hello, and thanks so much for joining me for an episode of the Friday Reporter Podcast. Today's episode is with News Nation Washington correspondent Joe Khalil, and I can't wait to get uh, get started on this. Joe, how are you? I'm doing well. Thank you so much for taking the time with me. I appreciate it. Absolutely happy to, and happy to, to hear a little bit more about the work you're doing for News Nation. I am curious, tell me a little bit before we get started, I want to talk about your background and get into that, but News Nation is a relatively new on the scene uh, news um, company. And so I think what I'd like to do is tell me a little bit about you and I've talked about this previously, but share with me the philosophy about News Nation. So News Nation is a cable news outlet Mm -hmm. that is dedicated to nonpartisan, unbiased, politically unbiased news. Refreshing. And yeah. (laughs) And, you know, you talk to everybody um, who, is a consumer of news, especially on cable. Mm -hmm. And anecdotally, they will tell you uh, that we need something like this. I've heard so many people talk to me about how, uh, you know, it's, it's the news environment has become very polarized and um, somebody with, you know, a lot more money and a game plan uh, than me um, thought that there was a space for it to create it. And so, you know, we were born from Nexstar Media Group, which actually Nexstar has a bunch of local news stations all over the country, but Mm -hmm. they thought, Let's create this cable outlet, this channel, and uh, try to do news in that way that they don't think anyone else is doing. I love it. I absolutely love it. And I think I think it absolutely is a niche that we need to fill. I think people are seeking that out. Uh, certainly lots of people who are, people are making choices about where their own political um, connections are and where their philosophies yeah. lie. But I think that there is also a very, very large swath of the consumer of information that's looking for just yeah. the straight information about what's going on. But talk to me, Joe. So Nexstar, you were with, you've been then with this company for some time, I think, if, I, if I've done my homework right. So talk to me a little bit about how you got started. Yeah. So when I moved to Washington first, I was a local uh, anchor reporter in Sacramento mm-hmm. at a really great station there, but it had been a goal of mine for a long time to get to Washington. I wanted to cover politics. I wanted to cover Congress and the White House and sure. policy. And I really wanted to get my foot in the door in Washington. Mm-hmm. So uh, a way that I found to do that was Star Media Group. Again, they have all of these local stations all over the country, yeah. but they have this Washington, D.C. bureau. It was really great. And the bureau had, you know, nine correspondents or so. Each one of them would service uh, a collection of the local stations and they'd break it up into regions. So They had an opening. I was in Sacramento, California already, Mm -hmm. and it was for the West Coast, uh, mostly California, that region. So, uh, yeah, I moved to Washington and you're basically covering 
Congress and sometimes the White House, mostly the Hill, Mm -hmm. for all of the local stations in California. So it was like Los Angeles and and, uh, San Francisco, Sacramento, San Diego, all the big markets there um, and the Central Valley as well. So that was a really good step into Washington, but it was hyper-focused because you'd cover the big issues of the day, but you would cover them by just speaking to the players from your region. Translate them back Um, for that that region. Yeah, Yeah, that makes sense. Luckily, in my region was the Speaker of the House Uh and the the Vice President. Minority Leader, uh, the House Minority Leader, Uh and uh, yeah, and a uh, relatively new senator whose name is Kamala Harris, who ended up <laughs> uh, doing, you know, moving into some some nicer digs. Yeah. So um, that was really cool because for, you know, the first year that I was in Washington, almost the full year, uh, you know, that was kind of my thing. I, I went to all the leadership conferences and I could justify it to my boss by saying, well, you know, I have Pelosi and I have McCarthy. Right. And I, I interviewed uh, Senator Kamala Harris a couple of times, too. So it was a really good experience to jump in and kind of get my feet wet in that way. Um, and yeah, then the, the News Nation thing was born from Nexstar. So right. uh, as soon as they created it, as soon as I heard about the mantra, what it was supposed to be, mm-hmm. uh, I got really excited about it. So I, I jumped at the opportunity and I was lucky enough to get it. Well, I I love it. And you're doing great work there. And I I, am so grateful for what you're doing. Your background, though, is really one of a local, uh, you really started at the very local level, if I'm right. I mean, started out in in Michigan yourself, and then made that trek across the country to California, and then found your way to Washington. Is that right? Is that the trajectory? Did I get that right? Yeah, yeah. And nowadays, it's, it's weird. I think there was a time where if you did television news, and you were at a network level uh, or you were covering Washington, you always started in local news and you mm. worked your way up. You climbed that ladder. That's right. It's really not that way anymore. You have a lot of people, if you look at the networks and who they're now hiring, mm-hmm. you know, a lot of people come from a print background and they're sort of, you build all your sources, you you flex the, the reporting muscles and then, you know, CNN or another network hires you and they sort of turn that person into a TV personality. You know, that happens now. Um, I went the local route and uh, I always had an eye on Washington. I always had an eye on policy. Um, When I started, I graduated from Michigan State University Mm -hmm. and uh, jumped right into the local market there, which was Lansing, Michigan. But Lansing was, uh, it's a state capital as well. Um, And so I, I was able to learn how to cover policy and to cover politics in that way, how to build sources in the state house and, you know, how to read legislation, how to read between the lines. And, you know, it's sort of the, it's, it's obviously a very different ballgame, very different arena in Washington than in Lansing. But I feel like I really got some good training covering some state house issues. I remember when I was there, Michigan was becoming a right to work state. Mm-hmm. Uh, they were going over a new minimum wage law. Um, we had just finished a 2012 um, election year. So there were there was a, a good chunk of politics to cover there. Having, I mean, uh, I, 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 I spent, I, uh, just, just to interrupt, I mean, I, I couldn't endorse that more. I spent seven years early on in the state house in New Jersey. And I agree, it's, it's tremendous training ground. And by the way, a little, sometimes greater access because you're right there in the state house covering and getting smart about the issues. And then I do think it, I absolutely think it translates to the national stage. I think so. I think so. And, you know, I was not the state house reporter. We, um, we didn't have one among the, the reporters that, you know, we had at that local station, but I, I sort of made it my beat. Mm-hmm. And I, anytime I could get over there, I was over there. Um, 
so yeah, that's uh, kind of where I, I started. I, I went to uh, Columbia University for a year to do a um, journalism master's program. <laughs> and from there, I went right to Sacramento, another state house. And obviously, not a coincidence. I was trying to target state capitals so that I could continue to do that kind of reporting. Again, always with an eye on Washington. Yeah. Well, two great states to have had that background in. And now here you are yeah. in town covering all of the things that are happening. Reporting Man. in the way that you do your work, though, Joe, so much of what you do is in person and is, you know, face to face. And I'm curious about how that looked when the pandemic first, when we all first got oh locked down, gosh. like how did that change for you? I mean, you really probably had to figure it all out again, how to get sourced and be available. And tell me about that a little, if you will. So, you know, it's really interesting because I was so new here. Mm -hmm. um, I, I got here in December of 2019. Oh, wow. And the pandemic really kicked up you know, in, in February, March, and all of a sudden we're working from home. And I felt like I was just starting to, you know, three, four months, just starting to get, get my wheels under me and get moving and building the sources. And, um, I figured out the places in the Capitol to, you know, hide out and stake out where you sure. can pick off lawmakers. And then all of a sudden, boom, the pandemic hits and you got to reinvent the, the entire strategy and how you do it. Yeah. And what I remember, I, I'm big on mentors and mm. I was trying, you know, when I was new here, I thought, you know, watch the people who you've been watching for a long time on TV in person now. So, you know, the 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 guys on Fox and CNN and MSNBC and, and just the, the reporters who'd been around the Hill for a long time. Mm -hmm. And I remember like specifically reaching out to uh, Chad Pergram, who's mm -hmm. a very, uh, you know, well, he's a star and a friend. Yes, absolutely. Yeah. Yep. yeah. Um, can't say enough good things about Chad at, over at Fox covering Capitol Hill. Mm -hmm. So, um, you know, I remember reaching out to him and and sort of hinting. We did like a Zoom one night, um, you know, back in at the beginning of the pandemic, sure. asking him, like, you know, what do you do? How do you cover this? And and he kind of gave me like, look, I've been here since, you know, you were born and uh, <laughs> there, there, there's no blueprint for this. Like, you know, it, it was really everyone um, has a something. little bit of a different approach. Sure. Yeah, yeah, that makes yeah, sense. But it was it was really something to you know because nobody had gone through that yeah, before. That's right. You know, no matter no matter how how much experience, how many sources you had on the hill, when you want to do TV and you have to record people, it, it's not just calling somebody and doing it on the phone. It was a challenge, and and Zoom is like second nature to all of us now. Yes, but it, it really wasn't, wasn't then. No, no. I mean, it was it was. You, I felt like I was teaching a lot of you know, 50 and 60 year old lawmakers, how to flip their, their FaceTime so I could record it with a camera, you know, I mean, oh, yeah, it, was, of course. It, was, it was not, uh, we, we take it for granted now, maybe how easy it is you plop on zoom, but it was a challenge really back then to uh, just the, the mechanism of it, you know, getting somebody on camera and, and having to do a story on deadline, yeah. um, from your apartment. Yeah. You know, it was tough. Yeah. And, and, and I, and I, I asked that question specifically of you because I know that your timeline was that you really kind of got here on the scene right around that time. So many of your colleagues, not all, but but many, have been on that beat for a while. And while they were figuring out the technology and the other pieces of it, a lot of those folks probably had a more established, more yeah. regular uh, list of sources that they could reach out to, even if they weren't seeing them in person. And so, I exactly. mean, 
good for you for figuring it out. And I know you have because your reporting is is terrific. You're doing great work up there. And no, I see the coverage is just it's it doesn't feel at all like you haven't been there for for a long long time so the good news is that it's it's showing in the in the work that you're doing but i have to imagine that that was very very difficult you know it was really tough and i'm a very big uh let's meet in person let's grab a coffee you sure. know, I, I try uh, every week to pack my schedule at least with a few um you know members of of important staff of Senate staff and, Absolutely. and you know, how staff and um, you, you really want to do that. To, I mean, you have to, there, there's no other option. And um, during the pandemic for me, that sort of shut down and um, God, there's no substitute for being there. A lot of times you find stories by being there covering a different story. And then all of a sudden a, a conversation pops up, you know, where you didn't plan it. Right. So those things, those spontaneous moments, you just missed. Absolutely. Um, so it it was it was a challenge, and it's not just that, but I mean, you know, um, I stress out about a lot of little things, <laughs> and so when when it's part we of our business, home, isn't it? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Right. Yeah. Just you know, coffee and stress and all the all the things. Yeah. Um, you know, it it was tough because I remember thinking I'm getting behind, and every um, day that stress was sort of in the back of my mind. You know, when you're, when you're new, you have that chip on your shoulder. I want to prove myself. I want to show anyone who's watching. I want to show myself that like, I'm up for this. I can do it. And the pandemic keeping you at home was, you know, a really big challenge because it felt like I was on a progression that just sort of stopped. Um, but you know, you get through it. I mean, every, every challenge in life, is not without ways to get around it. You just have to figure it out and and chip away little by little. I feel like that was kind of the mindset. Um, you know, my wife and I both, uh, both journalists, she's local here in Washington at Fox mm-hmm. 5, and she was dealing with the same thing. You know, it was really important for her to build sources and connections. And right. Hard to do from home, but you figure out ways to do it. Well, and I, I love that you bring up the fact that you reached out to colleagues because I think that 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 alone is is a great resource that we have here amongst each other. I mean, the podcast idea for me came up because I felt like you that I wasn't getting out to see journalists and colleagues and friends like I ordinarily would if we weren't, you know, locked at home. And so that's how I started the project. And it's turned into being one that's that's actually been a lot of fun and especially useful to some of the younger folks, uh, press secretaries, yeah. and by younger, I don't mean age-wise, I mean newer to Capitol Hill, if nothing else, yeah. new on the scene, um, unable to get that coffee with the journalist that covers the district or that covers the Capitol or needs to get access to their boss. I've had some folks reach out to me over the course of the last year and a half to say thanks. You know, thanks for doing that because it's given me a little bit more of a connection Um whether it be just a shared experience or, uh, you know, a connection through through hobbies or through whatever it is uh, that allows them a, a better connection uh, in that time when we were all sort of at home and trying to figure out how to do the work we needed to do while waiting yeah. for the pandemic, at least to abate to some degree. That's so great. And I'm so glad that you picked it up and started to do it. And it's really cool. I, I'm first of all, a fan of it. Um, and I'm, I just, I think you do a good job with it, but it's really awesome that you found that outlet that all of a sudden people are grateful to you for it. I got to imagine that's really awesome. It's fun. It's just plain fun. And, you know, yeah. I'm, I'm lucky enough to have been in the town for 20 years. So I have lots of friends that felt like they would be happy to have a conversation, but so, so now, you know, so you and I had a great chance to connect over a story a couple months back, and it was the kind of thing where you literally came to, you said, I, we'll come to wherever you are, and you and your team came and your crew, and we 
filmed this? I mean, were you on the road? Were you doing a lot of that on location kind of work? Yeah, every once in a while. Mm -hmm. Um, We came right to your backyard. Yes, you did. (laughs) (laughs) Yes, you did. I I remember being a a hot. Yeah, well, it's Washington. So, (laughs) yeah, not unlike today. Um, Yeah, we we tried to get out every once in a while. Mm -hmm. You know, being part of News Nation, one of the interesting things about it, and it's sort of a, a blessing and a curse is it's it's a startup. So yeah. every few months, um, it feels like we're sort of reinventing, uh, you know, how we do certain things. Sure. Um, you know, at the very beginning, it felt a little bit like a local news kind of operation, mm-hmm. um, you know, because that was the resources that we had available. Mm-hmm. Um, and then as we started to grow, started to add more bureaus, more staff, um, it, it started to feel more like a 24-hour operation. But there was a time when we just we never left the hill and then eventually it was okay go out and about and see what else you can grab and i mean you were a political voice in a political story mm-hmm. so we you know um happy to come over and and sit in your backyard and chat with you um and you know now it's it's kind of a mix it's not always political stories sometimes there are um other things going on in the region, other things going on nationally or internationally. Right. And they will just say, um, you know, it's not necessarily a Hill centric story, but follow that, go get it. And maybe we can go get some reaction from the Hill. And I think our, our, our direction now is we're kind of given an incentive to try to find stories or do stories that maybe other outlets are not covering, you know, try to find some, some uncovered space Mm -hmm. and, and go after it and see if there's anything, you know, turn over those stones and see if you find anything interesting. Well, now this is a good year. This this is a good year for it too, obviously with uh, certainly there has not been a day where we haven't had a lot of news. It feels like it's a constant sort of fire hose of information coming our way. But so much of that really is reflected back into the states and into the districts where midterms are happening, right? Mm -hmm. The the primaries are happening and and November will come and there will be so many opportunities for News Nation to really, you know, sort of have that nice blend of the Washington DC Bureau with all these great networks that you have around the country too. Yeah, I think so. Uh, we we lean on our local stations a lot for that kind of stuff. Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, it, it's a really good partnership, I think. I, I think it's actually, I mean, I know we're new kids on the block, but I think that could be a model for other networks as well. Um, you know, a lot of the networks have local affiliates, but they have way more resources, way more people, way more cameras than we do. So they're always sending their people out. Sometimes you pick up a bit of local flavor when um, you know, you have the local team that's that's kind of on the ground and I'm very sure. familiar with state issues. Mm-hmm. Um, so, you know, in some ways, I'm again, blessing and a curse being new and still growing in that way. But, um, you know, it's it's cool uh, in many ways to to see that and to be able to have that resource if we need it. I bet. How big what is a, what a season, by the way, what a midterm season. It's please, been a really oh, interesting cycle. Oh, my gosh. It's like I said, every single day is it feels like a, a an entire right? news cycle. Uh, yes. Yeah, exactly. So much. Uh, and I respect uh, you guys are no one is sleeping uh, in the in the business that you do. I'm what curious. I um, forgot about that. I'm, yeah, right. Well, having a small little person at home too that also sort of sucks the uh, the, the the sleep out of your life. Um, I'm curious though, Joe, how big is the Washington Bureau for News Nation? 
so let's see. We have, I'm going to count right now as we're going. Mm-hmm. Uh, one, two, three, four, five correspondents now oh, wow. in our Washington bureau. Mm-hmm. Um, we have a bureau chief and an executive producer. Um, and then we have, oh God, I think four or five different producers and, and about four or five different photographers too. Okay. So um, yeah, it's a it's good a size crew. Yeah. Growing group. When we started on day one, it was literally me and one other guy wow. and uh, a photographer who a photographer editor who I recruited from Sacramento, who is amazingly talented and has a great, great work ethic. So I'm glad we brought him over uh, from Sacramento, but um, yeah, it was, it was a bureau of two or three of us. Um, and we were covering, God, you know, the, the inauguration that way. Oh, and, wow. You know, we were there for January 6th and all of these things that are, you know, big moments on, on just a, a you know, a couple of us doing the best that we could. Punching way as, above as your As weight. we've grown, it feels like a big, feels like a big bureau now. But um, yeah, it's, it's amazing to think back to the, you know, the first early young days, I guess. We're still young, but. For sure. Um, yeah, we're definitely growing fast. Is there a story? Is there, is there something in particular that stands out to you as, as something that you're particularly proud of that you have covered, whether it's News Nation or, or in your career? Is there something that, that, when you think back about, you know, the coverage that you've done or the work that you've done, is there one particular story that you're especially proud of? Um, you know, I would say generally the stories that, uh, I've done with veterans, mm-hmm. um, and there have been a lot of them mm-hmm. going back to Sacramento, actually every market that I've been in locally and also in news nation, um, I've done a lot of, uh, veteran stories. I remember one in, in, uh, Lansing, uh, a double amputee who was waiting and waiting and waiting and um, could not get her uh, veteran benefits. And uh, for whatever reason, her case was tied up in the VA, like honestly and sadly, too many cases yeah. uh, get tied up. And we brought some attention to her story. And um, I remember it was on September 11th, a couple of weeks, maybe a month after we did the story. She ended up getting her benefits on 9-11, which was the thing that motivated her to um, get into the service. And it just felt like a real full circle moment. Um, so that, you know, that's that stood out. Uh, sure. We've done some veteran stories here even. I mean, just the last week, those vets that have been camped out oh, yeah. um, of the Capitol. We did a couple of live interviews and um, it's hard not to really connect with those communities on a personal level. Like it's hard to separate yourself when you do those stories. You're supposed to be objective and unbiased. And I think certainly our coverage reflects that. Mm -hmm. Um, But, you know, when you talk to veterans and veteran groups and you just hear their stories and hear about everything that they've, you know, sacrificed and um, some of the trauma they carry with them, um, man, you know, that it, it just, it, it brings you in and you feel like, okay, I have to do a good job on these stories. Right. You know, it adds some extra weight to it. Um, I have to believe I that's, I have to believe that that's a big part of why you went into journalism in the first place is to tell those stories. To tell those stories. Mm-hmm. Definitely. I, I remember even as an, as a young intern, a couple of times you follow around the, you know, the big, big shot reporters and, you know, you're just this little snot nosed kid trying to learn. <laughs> um, when you see them, tell those kinds of stories, then it it hooks you right away. And you think, okay, yeah, this is, this is what I want to do. I want to be telling these kinds of stories. Yeah. It's a lot like Uh, it is, I think in some ways it's a, it's a different kind of service, right? I mean, we think about, 
who think about serving in uh, military, you think about serving in the government. I, I do think that there is a piece of your service as as part of the journalism class to report out stories and to to tell you know the consumers of information what's happening, right? So I do think that that is a big piece, and I think you do a very and that's part of the reason why I have this show is because I see a lot of value in the work that you all do. But to be able to see that transformation on that legislation. Um, as it, I mean, the burn pit legislation was to me over the course of the last couple of years, uh, a lot of times we see things, um, rise and fall and, you know, win or lose. That was one that really had a very different trajectory. And I think some of it had to do with the fact that, you know, John Stewart was so incredibly vocal and out about how wrong that vote had gone. Um, but to me, that was the fastest work I've seen Washington do in quite a long time. I mean, the, the turnaround from yes to no to yes was pretty quick. Yeah. Um, and I think what that showed was, um, unfortunately, there were there were a bit of political games being played there, um, mm-hmm. you know, and, and but at the end of the day, they, they came to a pretty overwhelming conclusion about supporting that bill. Um, and again, that just seemed like one of those that it was the right thing to do in principle. Right. You know, you can argue about the semantics of the bill and about, you know, which pools of money and, you know, yada, yada, yada. But the principle of let's help and respect and, and take care of the veterans that, you know, put their lives on the line for all of us. Right. Um, you know, you, you just sort of feel that. And I think that's why it resonated too with so many people, that story. Absolutely. Agree. Just, you know, you just, no matter what side you are and where you come from and where you live and all that, um, the general sense of, you know, this is what's right, I think appeals to a lot of people. Absolutely. Well, I'm glad you were there to cover it. I am curious, uh, if you will indulge me for a moment, what is it like to have uh, a spouse that is also in the journalism space? I mean, (laughs) I wonder how you all juggle the two very busy schedules I know that you share with another little human in your home as well. (laughs) um oh it's great it's great um you know it's so funny i i tell people this all the time and it's true there was a point in my life when i told myself okay i'm never ever gonna marry another journalist i'm never gonna marry a journalist because we're crazy we have weird schedules Mm -hmm. we're all type a personalities you know I'm, i'm not gonna marry someone like me and um you know and then you end up making a plan and then uh, life hits you in the face. Um, <laughs> and, uh, so I met this beautiful girl who happens to be, um, happened to be my competition in Sacramento. Oh, and, no kidding. <laughs> uh, yeah. We were anchors at competing stations. Mm-hmm. Um, and you know, the media circle there in, in Sacramento was really tight knit yeah. and we would do things together. So we kind of knew each other. We were kind of friends, but, um, you know, when, when it, all of a sudden it, it just kind of got serious and, um, I thought, okay, I'm going to throw my rules away about not dating a media person because she's amazing. So, uh, <laughs> we got married and, uh, it, it's, it's really tough, um, with the schedules because I mean, now I, yeah. it is tough. Um, I work a morning shift. So I basically, you know, I'm like three in the morning and I get home around two in the afternoon, most days, wow. um, two, two thirty, and she, goes to work at like three in the afternoon. So we we're we're like passing ships Mm -hmm. right now. And it's, it's been that way for a little while. Um, and then having a a baby now we have a little 13 month old Selma Mm. who, um, makes it all the more challenging, but who also makes life much more beautiful. Absolutely. 
Absolutely. Um, but but we basically take shifts. I mean, I, I feel like I do a full work day and then I come home and then I do a full to your harder job <laughs> to yeah, the harder yeah. of the two jobs yeah. for sure. Yeah. I feel, you know, the, the journalism thing is it's my side gig now. You know, I come home, I do the real dad job. Now. Absolutely. Absolutely. And you know, <laughs> it, what's so funny is I have interviewed now for the podcast, several uh, journalists that are married to journalists. And it's interesting to me because I think there's a true appreciation and understanding for the work amongst yeah. one another. Yeah. That's the one yeah. common thread that I've taken away that you each understand uh, the demands and the hours and the time that goes into the work that you do. And I think that that ends up being sort of the one thing that's really a value and uh, a good support for, for your system as it, as it rolls through, even yeah, if there is a little person there. For sure. You know what it feels like too, is that I have an agent living with me. I have my agent here at home because <laughs> it's like, you know, uh, we, we critique each other and, um, you know, why did you do that story? Or, or how come you did your, your a block this way? Why yeah. did you, you know, she's at the anchor desk now at, at Fox five here in mm-hmm. DC. So, um, all the time we're sending each other notes about, you know, honor performance. And she's like, I didn't really like the way you did this or how come you didn't frame up this way? Um, uh, so yeah, it's like, we have, we have a producer live in producer, live in agent for both of us at home. It's going to keep you uh, super competitive. It's going to keep you guys competitive <laughs> yeah. in this space. I mean, it's certainly going exactly. to be to both of your value. So well, I don't want to compete with her though. Cause I know that. Oh, well, the most talented journalist in the house, <laughs> not with so. one another, but in the space in general, jur- oh, journalism yeah, yeah. is very competitive. So <laughs> keeping you on your toes is a good, this is true. A good this thing. Is true. Yeah, so, so keep me sharp. We're, we're, I can't believe it, but we're getting to the end of our conversation and I'm, I'm going to have to ask before I let you go, who is it that you would recommend for a future episode? Hmm. You know, only because I, I shouted him out earlier in the podcast. Um, and you said he's a friend. Uh, so have you talked to Chad Pergram yet? Okay. So this is Chad Pergram's third nomination and he has politely declined uh, but I'm gonna, oh, no. I'm gonna no no I'm gonna tell him again. Uh, you know Chad is first off he is without question. I'm gonna tell the story again, even though I've told it on a previous podcast episode. When okay. I first met Chad, he and I were working. I was working for the speaker, and he was working for. Um, he was working in radio at the time and we would periodically run into one another in the speaker's lobby as you know as things go. Well, Chad had been. Uh, my husband at the time worked and ran a ski shop here in the DC area. And Chad was there. And I had mentioned before that my husband was there and he should say hello. And he asked for Jason at the ski shop. And one of the guys said, he's not here today, Jason. Uh, But did you hear Lisa's expecting? And I had not yet told my office. (laughs) Oh my God. (laughs) Which, which worked out perfectly, but also made, I mean, I could, you could have bowled me over. I mean, Chad came to me quietly and said, I understand congratulations are in order. And I said, um, for what? And he said, (laughs) maybe I'm not supposed to know. And I looked at him. So Chad Pergram broke the news to me. (laughs) And of course, later I told my office and everybody else, but we still get a laugh out of the fact that he had the scoop on the fact that I was having my first, uh, which is now, oh my gosh, almost 17 years ago. There's not a scoop he doesn't have in Washington. That's crazy. Totally agree. <laughs> but he has been That's nominated it. twice before. He, uh, I may still convince him to do the show at some point, but he has politely told me that he will recommend many, many other colleagues, but he would prefer to stay behind, uh, okay. behind well, the scenes. You know, okay. So if, if Chad is out or has already been nominated, then I got a second <laughs> one for him. And I will nominate my bureau chief. And this isn't just to get brownie points because he's technically my direct boss. But uh, Mike Vicara, who you also know. I do. 
worked at almost literally every single TV outlet in Washington at some point or another. So um, he has got a lot of stories and experience, and uh, he's a charming, wonderful guy. So I'll text him as soon as we're done here and let him know that I nominated him. <laughs> He's on the hook. I love it. Yes. <laughs> I've known Mike now also for as long as I've known Chad. I mean, since I worked in the speaker's office, he is a pro's pro. He is among the best. Uh, and I would love to have him as a guest. And Joe, I can't thank you enough for your time today. I know how busy life is, but it was great to catch up. Oh, this was so fun. I'm really glad we did it. And that's today's Friday Reporter Podcast a podcast in partnership with PR Daily, a tremendous and helpful guide for all things public relations. Find us there on their website and join us again for another episode soon. Thanks so much. On the morning of August 1st, 1966, shots ring out from the observation deck of the clock tower on the University of Texas campus. It marks the infamous beginning of the modern era of mass shootings in America. You're listening to Stop the Killing podcast. Join us as we take you behind the crime scene tape to explain global mass shootings and mass attacks. I'm Sarah Ferris, but more importantly, this is Catherine Schweitz, the former head of the FBI's active shooter program. I spent five years as the FBI's top executive looking for answers to the mass shooting crisis. I've been at the shooting scenes. I've traced heroic acts of bravery and I've sat silently and listened to the heart-wrenching stories from survivors. Amongst this horror, there is hope. We all hold the key to stop the killing. You just need to know how to unlock the door. Download Stop the Killing and be part of the solution. Search Stop the Killing on Apple, Spotify, and all the usual suspects.